back to the Like a Bigfoot podcast. I'm your host, Chris Ward, and this week we are bringing Travis Steffen back on the podcast, an incredible sixth time, <laughs> plus many other appearances on the show. Um, if you haven't listened to any of those episodes, I got to say, I don't go back and listen to a lot of the podcast because it's kind of a weird like uh, deja vu situation. You know, when I have gone back, I'm like, yeah, it's 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 actually kind of funny because I'm like listening to the whoever I'm interviewing or whoever is talking, uh, I'm listening to their stories. And then in my mind, I'm like, oh, man, I should I I would say this in this conversation. And then podcast version of Chris says that. And I'm like, all right, I'm still the same person I was a couple years ago, apparently. <laughs> um, that's the dopey joke I would have made. I would have said awesome man or whoa. That's so cool or something like that. Anyways, long story short, this weekend I went for a run and I was doing one of my normal. I've been trying to do like a long run for one of the days. And right now I'm going to be honest, compared to like a lot of ultra runners and people we've talked to on the show, my long runs right now are not very long. Um, I'm trying to be smart. I'm trying to build up, you know. Build up slowly, uh, avoiding injury or or overwork or exhaustion or, you know, I've totally done the overtraining thing before and it's not a lot of fun, to be honest with you. Um, so I'm trying to put in the hard work, but I'm trying to do it in a smart way this year uh, as we're, we're training for our race in May. Um, anyways, I have been doing one long run on the weekend and then one just regular, you know, one hour long, six miles, seven mile run. Uh, and during that, this weekend, I listened, I went back and I typed in cause now we're on Spotify, which I thought we were, but we weren't now we're on Spotify though, which is super cool. Um, went back, I typed in Travis Steffen on Spotify just cause I was like, I wonder if he's just done any interviews, you know, that haven't been on my podcast that I haven't heard. And what came up was the five previous episodes he's been on. And I was like, I'll listen to one of these. And I clicked Travis Steffen number four, which is about uh, his time training in Pat Milicic's gym in Bettendorf, Iowa, when he was training for mixed martial arts. Um, and I got to say, it's a hidden gym. It's a hidden gym of the Like a Bigfoot podcast. I think for me personally, and the ones where it's my really close friends, these are always the ones that I... I personally enjoy uh because i just i always just i feel a little more relaxed you know because talking to my friends and i like listening to those guys uh but i have to say if you haven't listened it's number 97 if you haven't listened to travis stuff in number four um he tells the story of the time his very first triathlon and really what happens after the triathlon is what you need to listen to um I, I remember this very clearly as if it were yesterday. Uh, but basically there was a mugging attempt. <laughs> Some guy tried to mug him after um, he did a triathlon, his first triathlon. He's exhausted. He had a terrible, terrible race. Uh, and some someone tried to mug him and it just takes this crazy twist. Uh, that can only happen to Travis. My wife and I, we laugh because... He'll come and he'll tell us stories and I'm like, this story could only happen to you, man. It's like you live in a sitcom. Like Travis Steffen lives 
in a sitcom and i have to say as one of his best friends like i enjoy the sitcom (laughs) especially in retrospect like you know years later in the moment for a lot of these stories like obviously like yeah like that's not cool getting mugged that's not cool at all but later when you get a laugh about it you know those are the best kind of friends to have so um also this week i've been on our facebook account i've been releasing these kind of like dopey race films we've made and they're not they're nothing fancy we did it with our iphones it's nothing nothing fancy whatsoever but i have to say these are the things that i absolutely love going back and watching so i guess uh, something i would kind of suggest to you guys when you're doing a race when you're doing an adventure you know make like take pictures make something with it don't let those don't let that like remove you from the experience but it's something that you look back on on a snowy day or a rainy day in the future when you're like oh man i can't wait until may i can't wait till my next race um but i do need some motivation it's so far away and i know for me like i'll go on and i'll watch these these race videos uh we put together and they make me smile. They make me laugh. They motivate me. And I'm like, man, like that was just tons of fun. It just reminds me how much fun it is to go out and have an adventure with your buddies. And so I've been sharing those. There's three of them. The first one's from our very first adventure race together uh, with our friend Calvin Johansson. The second one is when I convinced Travis to do a 50 K, even though he was in the bulking phase of bodybuilding. And then the third one, uh, it only took me three years to finally upload it, but um, it was our Monument Valley race in which Travis uh, ran 50 miles um, on little to no training. And uh, it, it was a joy. It's a joy to just watch him watch him suffer, which leads us to today. And I know this intro is kind of long. It leads us to today because Travis is signed up for his very first 100K along with me, who I'm also signed up for my very first 100K at this race. Um, We're headed back to Iowa, headed back to our home state. We're going to take this on. We're taking it on with a bunch of our buddies. We talked about it last week. We recorded this podcast months ago. (laughs) So let's get right into it. This is the Like a Bigfoot podcast, uh, number 183, with Travis Steffen. Travis Steffen, are you cool being the backup pod? <laughs> backup pod, yes. Okay. It's like the best job in pro sports is like the backup quarterback or the backup, like the bullpen catcher. You're like the guy you know? who doesn't come in for six years, and then when he finally comes in, he's not any good, and then they release him like three weeks later? Yep. <laughs> yeah, that one. Well, but also like the guy that's like good enough to be on the team, but yeah. not – not good enough to play so you're like just getting a paycheck to practice sports but then it's like almost like the worst moment when you actually have to go on the field yeah i get that i mean yeah yeah and probably but nobody expects anything from you because you're the backup i mean that's not like don't get me wrong that is like totally not my personality at all like i would absolutely be wanting to be the absolute best ever but just through the context of this conversation i'm cool with being the backup pod and i was able to rationalize it somehow 
<laughs> well, let me <laughs> let me describe what Travis because we're doing this over Skype, and right now he's I believe leaning back and laying on a couch, like you know yep. how when someone's laying down but they have their phone on like their stomach, and you yep. just see like their chin. That's ex- yep, that's yeah. exactly what that's exactly what's happening. So right you're now. one of the most comfortable people I've interviewed on the show right now. Oh really? Well, that's awesome. Yeah. So I think this is going to be interesting. Like I think you're going to open up and be like really truthful because <laughs> you're just so ridiculously relaxed. <laughs> totally. Um. But yeah, man, let's get into it, dude. We signed up for a hundred k race through the back roads of uh, Central Iowa. Yeah. And uh, what what are your thoughts? Because I'm pretty sure I, as always peer pressured you in and it's been dude if you look back because we have history recorded on this podcast technically but it's Mm -hmm. been like three years since i've convinced you to do something stupid and so it was about time yeah i hear you it's about time and my attitude towards it is uh But why? So you've uh, done two other ultras at this point, a 50K yeah. and a 50 miler, and this is the next step up. But then also, like, you've probably, I have to imagine you've learned lessons from the previous sure. ones you can apply, of right? Of course. Yeah. So, absolutely. So, what lessons did you learn? And I guess, separate question, what lessons will you actually apply? Lessons I learned are it's a lot easier when you train. So, that's one. Uh, most obvious lesson of all time. And actually, can I recap? Because it's just been a while yeah. since. So sure. the first time I convinced you to do a 50K, you came out to Virginia and we did the Grayson Highlands 50K. But yep. at the same time, what you were training for was bodybuilding and you were at the end yep. of the bulking phase, which I'm pretty sure is like bodybuilding speak for like just eating a bunch of just as whatever you want to eat, like ice cream and like potatoes and stuff. <laughs> That's, I love that that's the two foods you choose out of a hat or ice cream and potatoes. Like the two know. most different foods. I was just thinking of like foods you could just jam in, you know, and it's like no big deal because you don't even chew Potatoes are jamming in. You're not chewing potatoes? Yeah, mashed potatoes. You jam in. <laughs> well, like mashed potatoes. Well, you didn't say mashed potatoes. You just said potatoes, which are solid. We're recording this, and maybe we shouldn't even say when we're recording this since this, like, if we're treating this as backup pod. But we're recording this, like, the week after Thanksgiving, so of course I'm talking about mashed potatoes. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. So that was the first 50K, and we made a video, and it's on YouTube, and it's like, if you just type in Grayson Highlands 50K. And my favorite part of it, because I rewatched it recently, is the very end when you're trying to like just walk into the restaurant we were going to. Oh, what do I look like? You look like John Wayne just got done doing uh, like 400 pound squats. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> and that was only a 50 K. This is two of those. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That was an evil laugh. Uh, and then yeah. your 50 miler, which we did, we like recapped on the show and it's for me personally, it's my most re-listened to like a Bigfoot podcast episode just because I love, first of all, it's because I love you and Brady and I'm like, Uh I'm a fan of you guys, obviously. And 
I also just love the idea of you doing a 50 miler on minimal training, like minimal. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was one part of me just being really brassy and cocky and saying, how hard can this really be? And, and one part, I mean, like knowing that like I was going to have to, like there was just no way I was going to stop moving. Like, and I knew I could walk 50 miles, like whatever. Um, probably not before the cutoff time, but I knew that I could get there. I think it's going to be a little bit more of a challenge to do the hundred K because I know that like by the end of the 50, by the way, like the last four miles or so <clears throat> I was, physically broken and mentally broken and i was basically being propelled by i don't know what like it was almost as if i was out of my body and my body was this weird marionette puppet that was like dance waddling and i don't know how to describe it but it was a very strange sensation and and, uh and i like i I can't imagine being at that place physically and mentally and then being like, well, I've got 12 more miles to go. I got a half, almost a half marathon. Yeah. Cause I remember getting to that place. I remember getting to the finish line and just like bursting into tears. Not, not, not at the finish line. Cause you guys were there, but like I could see it and I was in the parking lot kind of by our little, our little, yeah, um, like cabin, our cabin. And just like starting to cry. I remember that vividly. Just being like, oh, it's finally, it's finally here. Like, <laughs> and just like, and like, uh, just, just the tears just started to flow. And I'm like, all right, kids, you better, I'm going to see those guys here in a minute. <laughs> but like, <laughs> oh my God. But I, I will say this I did talk to Brady earlier today. Um, he called me like this morning, like I don't want to say it was pretty early cause he's in central time. So it was probably like nine 30 or 10 for him. Um, but I'm on the West coast. So I was just like doing my, some of my morning stuff and, and driving, or I think I had just gotten done feeding my friend's cats. I was driving home and just was talking to him about, he's like, I have nervous energy and what should I do? And obviously I had to, I had to project an air of confidence like, oh, you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. And in my head, I'm like, I'm freaking out a little bit. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, okay. So let me tell you my – I think it's my best advice to Brady. And we're going to do a whole – and you couldn't do the pod this weekend. So yeah. that's why you're not going to be on that one. But we're going to do a whole like what in the heck did we sign up for kind of thing. Yeah. With, because – our Is friends, that their first ultra? All well, of them. all of them. And it's it's four of our friends, all of their first ultras. Three of them, including me and you on in this conversation, three of them were offensive linemen in football. And, like, I don't think they would define themselves as runners. And Wait, four of them, if you're counting Brady. Yeah, that's all. Besides that. So it's Matt, my cousin Matt, uh, Sean, 
and Brady, those three have, were offensive linemen. Yeah. And we, are, we were too. So five of the six We of have us. a starting yeah. offensive line running this ultra. Yep. And, and Thad was not in sports. So <laughs> Yeah, but Brady describes like that. Thad as like he could just like t- two weeks earlier be like, yeah, I just ran a marathon. I'm good. And like just natural athlete kind of guy. You know what I mean? Well, that's good. Yeah. But that's good. And I, if they're listening, like please tune into this advice, depending on when I put this podcast out. But like I texted Brady this because yeah. I'm like, Dude, it's it's just the beginning of December. This race isn't until May. So right now, my number one piece of advice is like, don't overdo anything. Don't go crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, just be consistent. I'm like, if you're for the next two months, if yeah. you just consistently run five times a week, that's awesome. You just built your yeah. base and like, then you can start adding up. But I'm yeah. like, showing up to the to the starting line injured or like getting injured in February because you did too much, Mm -hmm. that's going to take you out a month. And that's like, now it's just a bad time to get taken out. So just like take your time. And for you, I know you've been doing like triathlon stuff lately. So it's like, I feel like you have a step up on your previous ultra self. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I am, I'm still doing bodybuilding training for weights and diet. Uh, but I have been doing like triathlon training for my cardio and every day I've been doing like a, either an Olympic try or a quarter Ironman Wait, um, how many without days a the week? swim. But now I'm in, um, so I do like a full one, uh, once a week and then every other day, except for, I think usually I'll take one day off, but every other day I'm doing like around a sprint try um, just the run and bike, not the swim and, and, and then weights on top of that. Nice. So, um, that's just like my normalness that I have. Yeah. So I feel so. like you're going to be starting off at a better spot. Are you going to respect the distance yeah. any more than a 50 mile? Like, you know what I mean? Are you going to show up more trained? Well, it, it wouldn't be that hard for me to show up more trained than I was for the 50 miler. Cause I was not trained for the 50 miler. So, I'm already, I think, more trained for the 50 miler than I was. That's um, true. I guess I'm, so what I'm yeah, asking yeah. is, is 31-year-old Travis wiser than 28-year-old <laughs> Travis? I sure hope so <laughs> in all aspects of life. I sure hope so. Yeah, I mean, like, I have no, I have no plans on not training but I also probably won't do the recommended protocol of like, you know, um, like, you know, I don't know. I like, I'll probably do a half marathon a couple times, um, on the weekends, like in the next couple months. And otherwise I'll probably run no more than a 10 K, you know, the next couple months, like in a day. Um, so I, for me, the only hard part about the, the 50 miler like i got to the halfway point the marathon I, I felt great like i was i was fine i was like completely fine it really wasn't until the sun went down that i that everything really broke down and like i didn't have a coat and 
I was like out of food and out of water, and I was afraid that I wasn't gonna find anybody. <laughs> oh, I you meant afraid. Nobody around. I was, I was afraid. There's nobody around. <laughs> there were a couple of people that were following me, and I'm like, I have no idea where I'm going, guys. Like, I don't know why you're following me. I'm just guessing. And every once in a while, we would find a ribbon in the dark tied to a, like a bush and we're like, okay, we're on the right track. Or we would like try to follow footsteps, but you saw that sand out there. Like everything yeah. looked like footsteps. Yeah. So it was interesting. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I do plan on training, but I probably won't do like the recommended distances all the time. Yeah. Well, that's all right, man. I'll probably I... do a long run every week, once yeah. a week. But I mean like so. at the same time, like what I'm telling all the dudes is like, I wouldn't even like I would stay active and start building the base, but like don't freak out about anything until like February and then sure. freak out about everything. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'm probably going to try to lose a little bit of weight to be honest with you. Um, like I might try to get down to like 193 or 192 or something like that before February. Um, right now I'm like 200. Yeah. So, I'm going to try to be a little bit more disciplined on my diet. Like only have like one total asshole meal a week. Um, and that'll be after the triathlon. So, yeah. Is that what you call like yeah. your regular dinner? Just, I'm just kidding. I don't know. I don't know where <laughs> my I was regular going with that dinner? One. Um, I have this. So I wrote down a couple of things <clears throat> that I want to talk okay. to you about. First of all, like, What's the point? Like, why are you signing up for this beyond me peer pressuring you? Like, oh. I have many reasons. And I think, one, everybody hanging out is going to be like a blast. Like, that's going to be super fun. But, like, what yeah. what is it that's um, going to, like, draw you to do something that is pretty ridiculous, to be honest with you? Yeah. It, I mean, this is type two fun, like you said. It's, it is exactly that. Um, part of it's for the story, I can tell. Um, part of it is absolutely the peer pressure and like the personal challenge, like myself and you, you know, both like I put my, some of that personal challenge onto myself as well. Like, Hey, do I actually still really live? Cause I, I definitely have identified as like, Hey, I've, I've done ultras before. I've done all these other things before, but if I don't stay at least, if I don't continue to do a few of them now and then it's difficult for me to even claim that i feel like so yeah. no i agree um, i agree with I, that. I mean it's it's also like here's the funny thing i know that i'm gonna be the last mohicans too like i know that i'm gonna you're gonna finish probably five or six hours before me minimum by the way we minimum. have we have right. 18 hours to do it just to tell you i just looked yeah i finished the 50 miler in 40 hours so that sounds about right <laughs> so i'm like i should probably come in around 18 i would say yeah <laughs> so no i mean honestly i um i didn't really take a whole lot of breaks in the 50 miler either i uh i did i, I probably stayed at an aid station probably the longest i stayed at an aid station was five minutes i never really sat down or anything That's like good. that in the aid station <clears throat> So, yeah, that's good. Um, I think that's a good strategy, actually. Yeah. So I, I think I'll just go through the same type of protocol that I did for the 50 and 
and do like I'll set my alarm on my phone like for every 10 or 15 minutes and then run that period of time and then set it for five minutes and walk and eat and drink and then do it all, all over again and uh, just kind of do it that way. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, man. Do you think like, so it's just funny when you mention like, I don't even know, I don't feel like I can claim it because it's been a while. Like it's the idea of like being a has been, you know what I mean? Do you think yeah. that's part of, cause what I wrote was, um, I wrote stagnancy in your thirties because lately I've been like, I'm a very open-minded person and stuff, but then I'm like, man, am I, am I starting to see the like disgruntled, like not disgruntled, but like stuck in my own ways. Can't teach a, like a old dog, new tricks kind of guy or what? Like, yeah. Is there any of that right now? Like, what do you think about that? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm in my thirties too. And it's like, it is a, a very different, I'm sure everybody that's listening, that's over, like out of their thirties, probably remember that point where they're making that transition from, you know, young starry eyed 20 something to grumpy old man or grumpy old woman in their thirties. And I definitely feel like I'm that. They're probably also like more of a diva. (laughs) They're probably also like you're in your thirties. Like, stop it. Stop complaining. Yeah. I'm much more of a diva though. Like I am very like attached to, my routine that I have and I'm very attached to like, I like to travel a certain way and stay in certain places. Um, and I don't know if that's a function of getting older or if it's a function of just like my own, what I'm used to personally, um, at this point, but yes, I, I do think that there's some element of that stuck in my own waysness. And I do think that like I have been craving, some more because I've been so focused on one area of my life lately, which is just work. Um, and I, I got out of a relationship a couple months ago and I've just been focusing on that on, on work. And even before that, even like the last couple of years, I haven't had as much of, I, I've had balance in my focus, but I haven't had balance in my goals. Like I've been able to devote enough time to physical training but I haven't really had any goals like or or events that I've done beyond the ones that I just do myself every Sunday where I'll do, you know, a quarter Ironman or something like that. Um, I haven't actually done, gone and done public events that scare me. Yeah. And yeah. I, I don't know that that's something that I want to like stop doing ever, you know. As painful and as much as they suck while you're doing them, it is an experience that's just unlike any other after your, I would say a week after when you forget how much it sucked <laughs> and you're just thinking about the type two fun and like you've bonded with these other, cause like the most exciting part for me to be honest with you is like the four guys that are about to go do the fifty. Like the idea how much it's going to change them. Yeah. You no, know, know, like that's I'm, I'm so, so excited, excited for that. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I'm that's... so excited for that. Cause like, 
even talking to Brady this morning, like, I don't want to steal his story, but like, fuck him. He, he gave it to me. So I'm going to tell it. Like he basically told me, he's like, the second I signed up, he's like, it was not hard for me at all to just get up at four 30 every morning and do what I had to do. He's like, I haven't missed a day. I actually want to get up and do it. I'm eating healthy. Like it's, and I'm like, yeah, man, it's fear. <laughs> <laughs> like it's not like you, there's like when you, when you, your motivation is like, you want to look good naked or something like that. There's like, you're not afraid of what will happen if you like totally mess around and don't, show up or fall off the wagon or something like that because you can always get back on there's no looming deadline but now there's a date and he's got it booked and then he has like five other guys that he knows that he would he doesn't want to disappoint or look like a like a like a total nancy in front of if he were to back out so i'm like yeah man it's the fear of public embarrassment that oftentimes drives me beyond anything else. It's absolutely that. And if you can put, if like you do things that scare you enough that like, and you put them out there and let everybody know, Hey, I'm doing this and I'm going to do it. Like that fear, I think is such a really strong, if you can use it for your advantage, like deliberately, I think there's very few stronger motivators than that. Yeah, no, I wouldn't, I 100% agree, dude. That's why for me personally, it's that I, this is what I love about this is all of us, all six of us right now. And by the way, I have a few other people I'm in the works of peer pressuring. So if they're listening, you know who you are. And, uh, I hope you're peer pressured very soon. Who are they? I can't tell you. Well, I'll tell you later, but I don't want to say their names on there. Just what? like oh. didn't sign up, you know? Um, but uh, where's I going with that? Travis, do I know lost. them? Yeah. You know them. Yeah. There, dude, okay. that's the beauty of this race. It's in Iowa, man. Like I, I, it's it's home. It's home for all of us except for my cousin Matt. But his home's Missouri, which is like Iowa's lesser you brother. Ask, you know, you have to ask Brandon to do it. I've texted. You him. have to. I texted him because. You have to. Yeah, I've texted. Dude, anyone I'm like friends with, I'm like, hey, you are all invited to this thing. You know, but I guess what I'm trying yeah. to get at is. All six of us who've signed up, this is our farthest distance any of us have ran, including me. And like, I'm like the quote unquote veteran because I've done a few what? ultras. You, you, you haven't done a hundred K. I've never done a hundred K, man. I was signed up two years ago. What? Yeah. I was signed up for one two years ago and then I decided Dude, to do I didn't Desert know that. Yeah, man. We are I in this no together, idea. brother. Yeah. Oh my God. That's terrifying. That's even scarier now. <laughs> Because I just, I just assumed that you had done this distance before. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I haven't. I've, I've gone fifty-four <laughs> to fifty-six during the mountain masochist in Virginia because they do more than fifty miles. And I'll mm. tell you, both fifties I've ran, the last ten miles, like I think I told you last time. The last 10 miles of that race, my quads, I was like, there's no strength in my quads anymore. Like what happened? And yeah. I, 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 and I've learned lessons yeah. since yeah. then because obviously desert rats was like, you know, a stage race where we did 140, 100 and whatever, 140 miles over six days. But yeah, but, it was, okay. but yeah. nothing was 50 miles, you know what I mean? I or 60, I 60 miles. So yeah. 
yeah so we're all in this together and it's awesome like i'm super excited for that and to do it in iowa with like you know back <sighs> home you know because i've i've ran on the east coast i ran on the <sighs> west coast i want to or not west coast but like western and i want to go to iowa and, and do midwest got to respect the midwest mm -hmm. yeah you're just shaking oh my god <laughs> yeah <laughs> do you okay so i guess my other thing i wanted to know is what like when we're asking like what drives you in these events or to do any of these crazy things you've done is it a chip on your shoulder at all from something like Lindsay's told me about you dude when you were sure. in kindergarten and you were doing karate for show and tell with your big old glasses yeah. on sure did is there taekwondo <laughs> so is there any like <clears throat> chip on your shoulder from your childhood where you're like trying to prove to yourself what you can do i feel like there there is there is that every day like in in everything that i'm doing absolutely like and you know at some point i wonder if that'll like go away but there's i think there's definitely always that there and um yeah i'm just kind of trying to think as you as you ask that question how to better articulate it um maybe it's me trying to measure myself against um who i thought i could become then yeah. or 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 who i expected to be when i you know when you think about yourself or when i'm just speaking for myself what i was thinking about the future as a kid, I had this vision of this person in my head that I wanted to become. Um, and so it's like this imprintation, this like blueprint of a man that my younger self was thinking of. And then, um, I imagine there's some part and, and that was probably reinforced or crafted in some way by being a nerdy little bullied kid, you know? And, um, were you really bullied I though? Think, Cause Lindsay. Oh yeah. But, Oh yeah. Really? It was, it, yeah. I mean, I like, I didn't really have any friends, um, until probably middle school. I mean, I had a few, I guess later on in elementary school, but early on until maybe like, fourth or fifth grade um i didn't really have any friends and most of the time it was just people making fun of me and um you know and then it was just the kids that got made fun of that just became friends you know because there was nobody else <laughs> but like that was it and it wasn't like that they weren't somebody that you really want to hang out with, but it was who else was there going to be. You were like so, the scene um, Were you like the scene in animal house where they walk into the first fraternity and they're like, yeah, come over here and sit in this room. And they put them in the room with like just these like random dudes that they didn't really want to want to talk to like the preppy fraternity. <laughs> I don't remember that scene of that movie, but it sounds like it. You know, the, the scene I'm thinking of is like, I think it was 21 Jump Street with Channing Tatum and Jonah Hill. And like when Channing Tatum goes back to high school as a cop and he thinks he's going to be super cool 
Um, and turns out like nobody actually likes him. So he gravitates to all the nerds that don't have any friends and then becomes like really good friends with them. That was kind of me, except for the thinking I was going to be super cool part at all. Um, so yeah, it was just like there, there were other kids that just nobody else wanted to be friends with. So all of us kids that nobody wanted to be friends with kind of hung out together and it was me and two other kids and I, I won't call them out because, <laughs> because I'm okay. It kind of a uh, dick move. But yeah, I mean, like, it was. I remember getting prank calls from the girls in my class that would, like, ask me out on the phone, and then just everyone would laugh um, and, like, hang up or, or make fun of me on the phone or something like that. And I would be so excited when I got a call from. I'm like, oh my God, it's happening. <laughs> oh, my dream is happening. Like, and then it didn't happen. Um, you I'm know, laughing remember, through the pain right now with uh, you, Travis. This is actually like bumming me out yeah. a little bit. But dude, I remember little league baseball. Like my first year of little league baseball was the worst. It was uh I mean I could tell all these depressing stories about getting bullied as a kid, but um whatever. Like I'll just say, look, I'm so grateful for all those times though, because Without them, I don't know that I would have the same drive. Because, like in my head, I had to. I rebel. I didn't believe them when they said what they said. I knew in my head. I'm like, okay, I have to somehow prove them wrong. I have to like, I have to prove something that I know about myself that nobody else can see right now, and um, I don't know that that's ever gone away. Like I just continuing to be like, all right, well, I didn't hit my limit yet. I know that I've learned a lot of lessons. I can do more. I can do more. I can do more. And it was definitely formed as a kid. Those formative years are everything, you know, like that's when a lot of your personality is architected. And from there, it's just kind of, you know, paint on the house and furniture in the living room, but the bones and the foundation are built. Yeah. So like, where do you go from there? You know? So I don't, I hope, I hope that never leaves me because it's really driven me to have a really fantastic life, but it does still feel like it's just getting started. Like it's only beginning in so many ways. And there's just like so many more bigger things to do. And, um, I guess this is probably, I, and I, the messed up thing, man, is like when I did the 50, I knew, first of all, I would never do another 50 again because I didn't need oh, I know. to. I'm like, I know mindset. I can do it. Yeah, that's your mindset. Yeah, I'm like, I'm, I know I can do it. That's boring for me. I don't have to do that again. And I was pretty sure that I would do something more than that. Um, but I just didn't want to admit it to myself <laughs> because I was like, uh, yeah, okay. So um, I was just kind of, biding my time until you decided to pull the peer pressure card because I knew that I would inevitably give in. Didn't I try it a couple other times though? I'm pretty sure I tried it a couple times and you didn't give in. You did. And I think it was because like something was like something was going on at the time. Like I was planning on training for something or I remember, you know, I, I, at one point I was, had some sort of an injury um, there's some, I mean, there are a couple times where I'm like, ah, it's just not, not yet, not the right time. Yeah. So, and I do have a pretty gnarly case of plantar fasciitis still, but, 
thankfully like the Hoka's have helped tremendously. So yeah, that's good. I heard after 50 miles that goes away. Like you just pound plantar fasciitis out of your foot. <laughs> Isn't that yeah, how me that works? Too. Yeah. I mean, if you're <laughs> listening to this podcast as a, like a running information podcast, I'm like 90% yeah. sure that's how plantar fasciitis is cured. That's how it works, right? Yeah. 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 Dude, yeah. speaking of, one of my really good friends out here, uh, my fellow seventh grade science teacher, he tore his Achilles during our staff student basketball game. And oh, it made me no. think about you because he just had surgery yesterday. And I'm like, my heart goes out to him because just because <sighs> I know I remember when you tore yours and how much of a process that is like it's almost a full-time job like recovery and coming back from it it really was and it's he will never be the same don't say that on like me. his <laughs> dude he will like i'm sorry but you ran 50 you miles after you tore your achilles you know that's true like you will function it will work but it will you will lose your entire calf muscle and it will never look the same as your other one Ever. And it'll never quite be the same like strength wise either. Like because the structure of the muscle will be different. Like when I flex both sides of my calves right now, they feel different. Like when I flex, like there's not, there's nowhere near as much there. And where there is stuff there, it's like in different places. So it's, it's difficult to describe, but it will never be the same. Because that, that sort of thing is not meant to happen. It's like a total fluke. You know, your your Achilles tendon is like one of the most difficult things to tear or break at all in the human body. It's easier to break your femur than it is to tear your Achilles. It's crazy because it's like it's so thick and flexible and malleable and you use it all, all the time and, and it's uh, ugh. But how does it, why does it tear? Him. I would not people. want to do that again. Yeah, why does it tear in people? Though? A lot of times it's, a lot of times it's like over the course of a long time, there's something wearing down, whether he had like Achilles tendonitis or something like that. And then just something, usually they say it's like, um, it's like an electrical impulse thing where like there are a couple factors that have to happen. One, there has to be weakening of the tendon and two, um, so in every part of the body, in every like limb, there are there's there are muscles on both sides usually, like an agonist and an antagonist. And when one contracts, the other is forced to relax usually. Well, every once in a while, like things go wrong, and that doesn't happen. And if the agonist and the antagonist fire at the same time for or, or like right around the same moment in time in some way. Like most of the time, nothing happens. But every once in a while, if the conditions are right, something like that can happen where it will tear, like your Achilles will tear. And it's it's weird. It's like very, very strange because I was told that I probably had Achilles tendonitis. I had no idea. I just thought my whole body was always sore all the time. So I didn't know. Um, but it's, it's, it's a very strange injury. It's not easy to do. It's not easy to come back from. It's a, over a year rehab for sure. You have to relearn how to walk. Um, it's it's very strange. Your calf within a couple weeks will turn into skin and bone and fat. 
like there will be no muscle there at all because it'll atrophy so fast i'm gonna warn him not to listen to this podcast right now for his own mindset and mind space that he's (laughs) he's gonna see it he's gonna see it but i mean like it was i i had not i didn't get into running at all before that happened i had no reason to i would just do sprints because i was in football and stuff like that yeah so so honestly like um it was only like jogging i did to get back into shape and to like get my achilles back into shape in some way um so it was it was interesting in that sense because like that was the beginning i'd never run more than a mile and a year, I think it was about a year later, almost, I think exactly a year later, I did my first half marathon just by myself, just to kind of see if I could do it. And it was, so it's, you know, it's entirely possible that it could be like one of the best things that ever happens to him just because he's forced, just, he's forced to continue to rehab in some way that like he wouldn't have otherwise done if he had all working limbs. Yeah. So I don't know how active he was beforehand, but he was very active. He was actually just like, Hey, cause we we're going or the game was right before Thanksgiving break. And he was like, I'm going to ski all of Thanksgiving break. And then oh, uh, I felt so bad for him, but yeah, you're right. Like it does. It's one of those things, man. It's, um, uh, it's this like being stagnant and like stuck in your ways. And now this weird, like out of the, out of nowhere, situation happens and now you're like oh i have to like change my ways and i like your mindset because you can change it for the better you can train different things and and rehab like you said like you may never rehab like that ever before you know or you might he's just like looks like i'm gonna work on my guitar and do my art and stuff and i'm like that's awesome dude like that's really like that's a way to expand you know yeah and you know i and i like the thing was as soon as I was, you know, maybe after a week, I was back in the weight room. I was doing all my upper body stuff. I was doing stuff for my other leg. I was doing stuff for my injured leg just with with the quad uh, and the hamstring. So I was, like, staying very, very active and lifting weights and, and being, like, and I was crutching around campus and, and things like that. So I was still very much in shape. Um, but... It was like it, at the time, I was so depressed. Yeah. Um, well, let me ask this: I was like, cause was, was was that your very last football practice that you ever had? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. That's and that was why I was a depressed. Weird like, situation. That, my whole identity was wrapped up in that. Yeah. Was, my whole identity was wrapped up in that completely. There was no plan B. I did not have any other plan in life at all. And, um, out of just sheer stubbornness. So in a way it was one of the best things that ever happened to me because I don't know that I would have had the guts to focus on anything else. And inevitably I would have just had to come to the point where mentally I was like, well, just not good enough, you know, or something like that. But I would have probably tried to continue being on the football team for all of college. I don't know if I would have gone to grad school I, I don't think I would have started a business. I don't think I would be in this place that I'm in today at all. Like it's, it's very, very strange. Yeah. Yeah. I remember my very last football play and for me, it was a bit of a different situation. So like division three college, um, like halfway through the season, I think I was kind of like, you know what? Like I 
would rather switch to University of Iowa and like transfer. And actually, I remember I was on in football practice and I was a D tackle at 200 pounds <laughs> going against like 300 pound dudes every day. <clears throat> and I remember looking over and I had already played senior year. I played a season of rugby and I loved it because I got to run with the ball and like be a running back kind of and stuff. And I looked over and I saw the girls rugby team practicing. And I just remember thinking to myself like, dude, I would much rather be doing that right now than what I'm doing. And so halfway through the season, I kind of like made the mental decision of like, okay, like I'm not going to come back this next year. So this is gonna be my last year. And, uh, and so anyways, I, I was, a I went, I remember going to Iowa central. Um, and I can't even remember, I think that's in Pella. And we went down there to play a JV game. And I just remember my very last play was on this like tiny field, no crowd whatsoever, like JV game. And the grass is even overgrown. I was kind of like, they didn't even mow the grass for this game. And uh, lining up at D tackle for a, like a field goal or an extra point or something, or like a field goal block and cutting through the line and jumping up and almost blocking the kick and then just landing on my face having missed blocking the kick and just sitting there and the whistle blows. And I'm just like, I'm in this overgrown grass into my face. And I was like, that was it. That ended like not, not spectacularly. It just ended. And it was weird. It was a weird feeling, but like I knew it was the right thing to do, but it was this like weird kind of just strange moment. Cause you were like me in like high school, like that's what meant everything. And we got to play in like the, the uh, semifinals of the state championship and all this like big time stuff. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden you're just laying in the middle of a field in a D three JV game, having missed a field goal. (laughs) This is the most depressing pod like episode ever. (laughs) Dude. No, it's, I mean, it's like, there are those moments though, about like there are, I can remember moments like the ones that you're describing in other walks of life too. Like there have been companies that I've started that I've had to shut down like, because they just didn't work like I, like I thought they would, or for one reason or another, other factors were in play that I had to eventually just confront. There were, there were times where I remember like everything was working, but I just ran out of money. Every dime I had, like every, any credit that I had, it was, was completely, completely maxed and like having to have that conversation with myself being like, well, that was, that was it. That was the last one. I got nothing left. Like this is, it's time for the next chapter. Um, so it's, those are always very, very memorable moments. They're burned into your memory forever. You know, like, they create resiliency because you went out there and you tried sure. it and you, and you tried your best and, Maybe your best wasn't good enough, but like, that's what it was. It is what it is. Yeah. But like, yeah, and then and those you, lessons, yeah, they're, they're no more powerful lessons than those. Like you'll never forget them and you'll never make those mistakes again, ever. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm wondering. Like right now I feel very comfortable with my routine and I'm comfortable as silly as it sounds, I'm comfortable waking up at four in the morning to like go for a run or whatever. But I'm like, 
is there a problem with that? Like, it's a good, it's all good things, but I'm kind of like, is it me being stuck in my ways a little bit or like, should I change it up or, or something like that? Like, I just don't know. Mm. I don't know, man. I mean, what's I'm the, like, I've learned these if, lessons, you know? Yeah. If you were to change it up, like what would you do? How, how would you change it up and why? Yeah. I don't know. I haven't thought of that, but I'm like, I, I would, I don't know. That's the thing. I'm like, I'm because when I was deciding what race to do next, I was like really throwing out some some like weird, like non running event kind of things. But I love running so much. So I'm like, what's the point of changing it while I'm young? And even though we just said we're old earlier, I understand the irony of this. But (laughs) what non running events? Like, what do you mean? Well, remember I called you and I was like, we should do the swim run, which technically has the word run in it. And you still run, yeah. but you also like swim from island to island and then you get out and you run across it and then you jump back in the water. Like that sounds super fun to me. Um, more like another adventure race. Uh, it's been a while um, since we've done that. Um, sure. Something like that. But but when you said when I started realizing, like, I think I could get a group of people to go do this race, this Boonville Backroads Ultra. I'm like, that sounds like a fun and a challenge in its own way. Like, I don't know. Yeah, dude, I agree. I think it was, I think this was the right thing to do. I'm like coming, I'm trying to come up with a couple more people that I'm like, who we should get that guy to do it. And that guy to do it. Oh, we'll um, talk after the podcast, my friend of who I've reached yeah. out to. Uh, and then, but yeah, I mean, I think like another adventure race, and I, I've looked at, um, an aqua and things like that which is run cycle um it's or not run cycle it's swim cycle it's just like pieces of triathlons um but yeah man i think you know triathlons are definitely in my future i want to probably do some sort of event once a quarter from here on out like some yeah. sort of ridiculous one from here on out um but i do want to continue bodybuilding that's the thing like i want to i definitely want to get back into that uh, i was in a relationship where that was not something that was okay with my partner uh she she felt like it was very unhealthy and i clearly disagree in what way just well i mean so she had a a lot of different experiences um and different like without violating her trust or anything like around food yeah um and and just the restriction and the militantness that it takes to do well in bodybuilding just specifically around food um and like you know, in bodybuilding, you do get, especially like your contest prep, you get to very, very low percent body fat, which if you sustain that over the course of time, it would not be good for you. Um, and by rights, it's not good for you just for a little while either, but it's, you know, it's just neither are, are ultras. So yeah, that's the sacrifice you <laughs> so, make for the sport. Yeah. It's any sport, yeah, dude, exactly. any sport you make a sacrifice. Like true. if you're in baseball, it's probably not good for your shoulder to throw like a billion pitches every month, you know, but it's the sacrifice 100%. that you make because well, you like, like to do it. And the, it's also just like, I, I hate the words good for you or bad for you because there are very few cases where like something is good for you in every way or bad for you in every way. Because like when I think about, for example, yeah, we'll, was MMA fighting, will that take 
some time off my life. We'll contact sports in general, football, etc. Boxing, kid. Will that take some time off my life? Maybe. But would I if if like I was just like, all right, well, do I want to have not had those experiences at all and live another year or two longer? I don't think so, because like that, those are such a core part of who I am, and they feed into everything else that I've done, and I wouldn't trade that for anything. Um, and they'll feed into any, everything that I'm about to do, which I know are going to be important things. So I don't know that we should trade living for lifespan, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. Like, I don't know if that's, that's worth it. Um, if, if, if like, and, and I'll even go a step further and this Mm -hmm. might be controversial, but there was a year of, of my life in college where I went out and I binge drank six nights a week every day. Like literally almost every day would get hammered and I wouldn't trade that time for anything either. And is that profoundly horrible for you? Yes. <laughs> but I got to have that experience and that was like a big part of life. And it was like, I learned so many lessons and I got to kind of just be a crazy kid for a little while and got it out of my system. And so I'm not a total nutcase later in life, you know? And so, like, I, I think that those ex- a lot of those experiences that in the moment, yeah, could you say that they're physically bad for your health? Yes. Can I say that they're beneficial for being a more complete person, a complete human being? Yeah, I do. And I'm, I'm comfortable with that. Dude, I want to put that on a t-shirt. Bad for your health, beneficial for your experience being a complete human being. Travis <laughs> Stefan. <laughs> There's probably a way to shorten that up. <laughs> because that, I mean, we've we've talked before too. It's just like the physical pain you go through in a really long endurance race is nothing in comparison to like the mental lessons that you learn. And... Yeah. the confidence you take away and the self-esteem you built by pushing oh. through it and 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 getting to mm. that low point but like putting one foot in front of the other because you're you're brave enough to do it you know what i mean like it's the it's the hardest thing in the world at the same but at the same time it's like the easiest thing you're just like i just got to keep doing this and every step hurts but i just have to keep doing it because that's yeah. what I'm trying to accomplish. Like, I don't know. There's so much to gain from that. Our executive assistant, a marathoner. And before I went and did that 50, she was just like, just don't stop moving forward. Even if you have to slow down, just like keep going forward. And I'm like, okay. And that was just the mantra I had in my mind. I'm like, I'm just not going to stop moving forward. Like I'll, even if I'm walking, you know, I'll, I'll just keep going. And, and that was helpful. But like, I agree. I think the mental lessons that you like, I remember doing the go ruck and interviewing the, one of the cadres before the, before the event. And he was like, we're going to teach you about leadership teamwork. And then he looks at me square in the eye and gets super somber. And he's like, and we're going to help you find yourself. And I'm like, Oh, fuck. But it was so true. It was it was like eighteen hours of brutality, and like, oh my god, I, I, it was just like so. 
I can't explain though what that does for the rest of like at least a year afterwards how much more confidence and belief and self-respect and discipline and like there are ways that I think we all sell ourselves short until there's some something that happens where we believe just more, you know, more than we did. And I'm so excited for those guys who have never, and I was telling Brady this morning, I'm like, there's going to be a moment where your body breaks and your mind breaks. And then like, you're going to reach this weird psychedelic state. And it's something that you will chase for the rest of your life. Like, or that's my experience anyway. You know, like it's so I'm so excited for those guys. And I just am so excited to hear some of the things that they go through in their journey, you know? Yeah, that's awesome, man. Well, I guess for me recently, if I had to uh, let me find this real quick. But if I had to tell you like a moment when that happened to me, um, it was during desert rats last year and it was on day four which is the long day and you're climbing this mountain for 40 miles basically like it's uphill for almost the entire 40 miles and so you're just like power hiking it dude it's long it's a long long day and then finally i guess you're not going uphill for 40 miles because the last six miles is downhill so you get to the last aid station you walk up another mile and you get to the top and there's dinosaur footprints that you can see. And so you you see the dinosaur footprints real quick. And then it's downhill for six <laughs> miles. <laughs> I don't know why I added the thing about the dinosaur footprints. I just, it's the only time I've seen dinosaur footprints. I thought it was cool. Um, and so you start going down this road for the last six miles. And so you've been walking all day for the most part, like hiking. But then you get to this point where like, I can cruise this down, but your legs are tired. Cause obviously you've gone for a long time. Anyways, yeah. I'm going down it and dude, there was nothing like no expectations going in where I was like, I'm going to compete. I'm going to win. Like that was never an expectation at all. You know what I mean? But yep. day one happens and it went really well. Day two went really well. Day three went really well. And all of a sudden I'm like, maybe I can do this. And that thought started creeping in where I'm like, maybe I can actually do this. You know, like that would be weird (laughs) basically. Yeah. And, uh, so I'm getting down and like maybe a mile left cause I had ran it the year before. So I knew where the turn was, but I'm like, maybe I have a mile to go and I hadn't listened to music all day until that road. Cause I was like, I'm going to turn my music on, on the road and then cruise it. Yeah. And then that way I can kind of distract a little bit from the pain. And this song came on and it's one of those moments where you're like, I've heard this song many times before, but I've never actually heard the lyrics, you know, where they've touched me, uh-huh. you know, have you had that moment? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So the song from sure. My- yeah. Yeah. The Curious George soundtrack comes yeah. on because <laughs> I'm a dad. What? <laughs> and it's, it's, it's Jack Johnson, and he sings this song upside down. And all of a sudden, like, all the lyrics I'm applying to this, like, moment that I'm in where I'm, like, learning that I can actually, like, accomplish way more than I ever thought was humanly possible. 
and every lyric and from now like from that moment to now that song has been like my theme song in my head because it's like (laughs) who's to say what's impossible well they forgot the world keeps spinning and i'm like dude who is to say what's impossible like what what does anyone else like what does their opinion even matter like they don't matter who is to say that like i'm the only one that decides what's possible or not for me you know what i mean um right yep so and then it's like there's the next like whatever i don't know i'm like music wise i don't know like names of music stuff but (laughs) it's like the next verse and it's uh who's to say i can't do everything well i can try and i'm like dude yes (laughs) jack johnson curious george you're speaking to me all of a sudden i'm in tears travis (laughs) i'm in tears (laughs) running down this road like in the middle of nowhere and i'm like i look like a lunatic right now but like it was just Uh. touching me so much that like nothing's been the same since then (laughs) nothing's been the same in my life since that moment it's been crazy dude i don't know I don't know how else to describe it. It's been, it's been pretty because I'm like, dude, I I know what you mean. Yeah. I I showed myself what I could actually accomplish if I gave, gave it all, you know? And it was more than I thought and more than I expected. And it surprised me. You know, and it's, it's funny, like the things that we latch onto in those moments where we're just barely hanging on, like that just kind of become part of you. You know, like, it's funny that um, I remember going through a uh, breakup at one point and I was so crushed, but I, there were two things that I latched onto and one of them was like an excerpt, like maybe a three minute excerpt from the Joe Rogan podcast with Brian Callen. And... I don't remember what episode it was like 162 or something like that. I must've listened to it a hundred times. And I did the same thing with that Duracell commercial with Patrick Willis that I got tattooed on my body. The Duracell commercial. (laughs) I must've listened to that. Like I forgot about that. Still. Dude, to this day, it still gives me chills when I listen to it because I remember it hit, cutting me so deeply at the time because coupled with his little speech that he was giving in the background was like this really amazingly done short film that was like showing him growing up with very little money as a nerdy little kid that was bullied and like growing and growing and growing and going until he's like an going. All, all pro NFL linebacker. Nope. That's energizer. This is <laughs> okay. but, but, but like it was for whatever reason at that moment in my life at that time, it was just like exactly what I needed to hear. And you're right. Like I have never been the same since then. And that, that message is part of me now. It's like on my body. What's the um, message? But dude, um, you can't read it because it's, cause it's um, in a place on your body you can't see. Like it's on, it's by it's your ri- ribs. ribs. Yeah. But, but like I'm, I might paraphrase a little bit, but I have most of it committed to memory. That was like, um, and 
I didn't get the whole thing tattooed on me because it's like a four minute long little short film. Uh, but I, if I can, rem- I'm going to try to remember all of it from memory real quick. Starts out with like a little kid in this home with no electricity or running water. I mean, and his backstory is like, he was, you know, he had like eight brothers and sisters and his dad was beating on his mom and he ended up beating the shit out of his dad when he was 12 and kicking him out of the house and becoming the man of the house. Um, and like, it's, it was this montage of his life, but his voice basically said, looking back on it and how I got to where I am, I don't know if I was running towards something or running away from it. But what I do know is when you run into something, something bigger, something meaner, something with the power to knock you down, you got to trust in yourself and not give in ever because true power is, I'm trying to remember the last bit. Um, True power is, oh, I'm forgetting this line. You're almost nailing. Here we go. He's taking his shirt off guys. You're missing out. You're missing out. If you're listening to the podcast. Um, searching right now. <laughs> it's it, I like, and I'm, I'm missing some, you realize you have a camera like, and I could read it if you, I mean, not to ask you to do that, sir. Oh, here we see go. See if I can figure out here. All right. Oh, true. Oh God, dude. You have to go down. <laughs> is about not letting anything hold you. I'm guessing the last word is back back yeah but there's something before that oh not given ever oh wait what i that you can get back up and not given ever because the power isn't just about going true forward power. oh true power is yes, true going power forward. isn't just about going forward it's not like letting anything hold you back and then he ends it with if you can if you can do that you can go anywhere you want and it's like this and like he reads it so beautifully and then they score it so perfectly where it's like this emotional music where you're like, oh, this is amazing. And like it just brings tears to your eyes. I don't know. It's like it's and then and it says Duracell at the end. <laughs> <laughs> Trust the power within Dude, Duracell. I have to say that was maybe in the top three weirdest moments of the podcast when I was reading. Yeah a tattoo off of your body <laughs> from, I couldn't remember. from a Duracell commercial. <laughs> I was like, what am I doing? Yeah. Yeah. Dude, can I tell you something that's completely off topic that I'm super excited for? Yeah. Let's, let's end tomorrow. with this. Cause I have to start putting the kids to bed. All right, deal. So it's happening tomorrow. Do you remember my favorite piece of furniture of all time that I've ever had? Yeah, 100%. It was your massage chair. I'm getting another one tomorrow. <laughs> Travis lived he lived dude. through his 20s moving quite often, but like with nothing Every but year. the contents of his backpack, a ridiculous amount of baseball caps in like a bag that he hung up on the wall yep. as decoration cuz he was a bachelor and a massage chair. And those are the only three things he had. A backpack full of 
I don't know, maybe a couple pairs of underwear, maybe a couple pairs of t-shirts, a whole, like maybe 50 baseball caps from that store in the mall that sells baseball caps and a massage and Sean chair. Furlong. And Sean Furlong. And Sean Furlong, who, who at one point I helped him move and he didn't have any money. So he paid me in baseball caps. <laughs> That's a true story. <laughs> <laughs> yep you didn't That's just say like story. hey man i'm your friend like i would help you move anyways <laughs> you're like no give me them hats i took them yeah i took them for sure um <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah i still have them uh at my dad's house in a bag um but dude i'm getting another massage here tomorrow morning they're bringing it tomorrow morning and then there's a guy coming to assemble it tomorrow afternoon so by the end of the day, I will be in the massage chair and I'll have it again. And that is my, like, I will then be in what I I would consider my home for the next several years. And that is the complete, that's what completes it. It's the cherry on top of the new place that I'm in. I'm so excited. I can't tell you how much it's like, I am so jazzed for it. It's going to be my, my centerpiece of my home prized possession <laughs> start my day in it end my day in it it's gonna be amazing <laughs> um you talked earlier about being a cupcake now <clears throat> a diva being soft or a diva excuse me i never called myself a cupcake i said a diva <laughs> i mean i don't actually know what a cupcake means as an insult well, I know that that's what they call like the crappy teams that good teams play in football every year. Yeah, like it's Rutgers. a cupcake team. Rutgers is a cupcake team. Apologies to Ru- Rutgers. Rutgers is probably like it would be more like um, Mississippi Valley State playing Alabama or something like that. You know, that would be a cupcake. Gotcha. You know. Oh wait, here you go. I was gonna. Say I looked it up on State, Urban Dictionary. Twenty-five in the nation now. Oh, we'll get back to Iowa in a second, but. Uh, I looked up uh, Cupcake on Urban Dictionary. It says, a person who, from outward appearance, you would assume they are tough, but on the inside, they are soft. Can be very sweet. Um, is the perfect Maybe I size. Am a cupcake. Just the right amount of everything. Is also cute, yet delicious. So there you go. I might be a cupcake, man. Hey, what real, real quick, describe. So you put a video of your dad watching the uh, Iowa game. And uh, yeah, he doesn't know I did that. <laughs> <laughs> and it was awesome. Like I love Don Stefan, but he uh, he's talking to the like you know doing. We all do it though. That's the thing. We all talk I, to the I TV. I didn't. I didn't post the explicit parts where he just will go from nothing to earthquake mode in two seconds because of something that that one of the players or the refs will do. And it's like there are no more profound jump scares in any horror movie ever than watching a football game with Don Stefan. So what was what was so the ending of the Iowa Nebraska game ends with the heroes, the the good guys, the the heroes journey yeah. of Iowa defeating yeah. their their rivals by a field goal kick at the very end. And then yeah. the field goal kicker turning to the, the Nebraska head coach and blowing him kisses and waving him goodbye yep. on their home field. So, like, what was the reaction to that? Like, how crazy were you guys going? He, I mean, so the 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 strange part about him is 
he won't get riled up very much by the good things that happen because he expects them to happen. He only gets riled up by the bad, bad things that happen. So like he calmed down way more when things went well. And then like he saw the kiss blowing part. He's very old school in his ways. He doesn't like showboating. He doesn't like any of it. I love it. I think it's great. Like when people are just like showmen and like they really introduce drama into the mix. Like, I, I love the kicker blowing kisses. And my cousin, my dad were like, this is awful. He shouldn't do that. That's not Iowa football. I'm like, what well, should be? It's Iowa a rival. It's more entertaining. Yeah. Well, my point is like, it's a rival. The guy tried to ice him. Like, I don't know. I'm kind of like, if it was just a random team and someone did that, yeah, I would be like, that's, that's, you shouldn't do that. This is Iowa football. But when it's your rival, Nebraska, like the, they're your border, like, I don't know. Yep. And it, honestly, I think it kicked Dude, off well, a rivalry because really I was won the last five years. So it's like, how much of a rivalry is it? But here, can, can I tell you a funny story before you have to leave? Yeah. About the Nebraska coach. Scott Frost. Oh, I, I know I'm where not, this is going. So this is a real story. There's been a time in my life where Scott Frost, national champion quarterback, NFL player who has an NFL pension, um, and went and coached Oregon. He coached Central Florida to being undefeated. Now he's the Nebraska coach. Called my cell phone at one point looking for me. It was the right number. That's a, that's a real... That's a real story. He, he right called number. me. He called me. And it was when he was the linebacker coach at UNI. And that year, I had moved from linebacker to defensive back. And he called me and was like, hey, I just wanted to know if you were planning on being a linebacker this year. Uh, I would really love to have you. Like, he left a message on my machine. I didn't even pick up the phone because I didn't know who it was. But he's like, we, we would really love to have you at linebacker this year. And I had already moved to to defensive back. Who And my defensive back coach is Chris Kleiman, who's now the Kansas State coach, the head coach for Kansas State. And he was Carson Wentz's coach in North Dakota. So it's like these two guys that are now, like, major college football coaches, like, called me – and I'm, it was like a really weird moment looking back on it because it was just like at the time they were total nobodies. Well, Scott Frost was kind of famous, but both of them were like in coaching realm, total nobodies. Now they're like national household names. I thought like Scott crazy, right? I thought Scott Frost was calling you to be like, hey, Travis, I heard you have this like really inspirational quote on your rib cage. Can you please read it to me? And you're like, I can't, I can't see it. I can't see it, man. Um, that's awesome, man. Well, dude, as always, you know what? I'm going to upgrade you from backup. And my friend, your first team in my book. Hey, look at that. You're like, <laughs> you're like the Tom Brady of the podcast. The question is, am I, am I like going to be in the can for a rainy day or am I going to be like – what I, like that's because I know that that's how you view some of my episodes in the past. Like for this is for the week where I I'm not gonna have like a real ultra running personality or like world class athlete. On. <laughs> I'll just have Travis. That's not true, dude. I love I <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. Like the ones I listen to are the ones with my friends when I have them on and I get to like. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Oh man, it's always good to talk to you, Travis. Um. Yep. 
yeah let's wrap it there dude uh we'll obviously cool. we'll, we'll have you back on we're not gonna do it's not gonna be like every week is gonna be about going to iowa and running 100k on the roads but there will be probably yeah. a few more episodes about it um we'll do a couple now like while we're still in the like holy crap what did we sign up for phase and then we'll probably do a yeah. couple or we'll probably do like one like right before the race uh i'm gonna interview the race director again he's a super cool dude um and then we'll do some wrap-up ones so that's kind of the schedule with that i'm excited to, to hear the what did we sign up for with the other guys that have never done an ultra before yeah that's because i know be brady hasn't even done a marathon before you know, well, it's going to be interesting. Be None of them have. I don't think any of them have. Yeah, that's right. Thad's gotten so. close, but I'm trying to remember. I think he told me like 23 or 24. Um, but yeah, so that'll be interesting because it'll be like me inter- like talking to four people on the podcast at once. None of whom are in the same room. So it's going to be a learning experience for me. <laughs> so, And it might come out before this one. Who knows? I don't know. But uh, nice. But yeah. Nice. So. All right, man. We'll get back at you. All right, brother. All right, see you, man. All right, guys. That wraps up this week's episode of the podcast. Travis, as always, man. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for being my best friend. Uh, you fascinate me, <laughs> and I just love hanging out and just love our random conversations and the paths they go and more importantly I love taking on an adventure and forcing you basically by questioning your manhood forcing you to step outside your comfort zone and uh, get you into situations that you probably never thought you would be in Um, and I honestly if you look if you flash back to Travis and I lifting weights in high school just covered in pimples, like covered in acne. Um, we were weightlifting partners, preparing for football. If you flash back to that time and you're like, hey, one day you guys are going to run 62 miles uh, through Iowa, through the cornfields and uh, down the, the country roads. I'd be like, you are mistaken, my friend. This is not, we are linemen and we don't do that. That's not what we do. Um, but as our friendship developed and evolved and as we, you know, grew and got older and, and all that stuff, our mindset is one of like, I really respect Travis because he is stoic and he is focused and he's everything I try to preach when I'm preaching in leadership class. Like this guy gets stuff done. And when he sets his mind to something, he gets completely passionate. It, It like engulfs him. And, and he will push through any of the obstacles to get it done. And I hope I can express that with all these episodes with Travis. And I don't know if I've even really captured um, what just makes him such an awesome dude. I don't know. And I hope, I hope I have, but I don't know if anyone, if any podcast episodes or anything would actually encapture the joy and happiness that Travis Steffen just brings to me, Lindsay, all of our friends, his family, like just knowing the guy is just an absolute joy. Um, and, and I just, he's awesome. So I can't wait to see what he's like at mile 60 when there's two miles left and he's just going down the road. 
Um, I can't wait to hear what he, how he breaks down the race and the mental battle and the emotional battles he, he had to uh, go through in order to get to the finish line. Am I, is there any question in my mind he'll get to the finish line? No, there's not. There really isn't. Um, unless a tornado picked him up off of the ground and threw him to uh, the jolly old land of Oz or something. I don't know. That's a Kansas reference. I don't know what I was trying to do there. But if something bizarre happened, that's the only way I could see him not finishing this race. This guy is going to grind it out. And I was thinking about that this morning when I was uh, out for a run. I was like, most of this training for endurance races is grinding it out. It's just getting it done, putting in the time, getting time on your feet. Like, that's what it is. And if there's anyone I know that can really just grind it out and turn his brain off, it's Travis. And I'm excited for this race. Uh, obviously, you've heard from my other friends who's doing it. Obviously, you've heard from Brad uh, last week. And I wasn't necessarily going to put this podcast out this week because uh, I didn't want to do two Boonville Backroads Ultra uh, shows in a row. Um, I have like th three guests in mind that I'm trying to work on, uh, just organizing times and it didn't work out. So I was like, all right, we'll put the Travis one out. Um, and I'm really excited for those guys to race my, my other buddies and my cousin Susan just signed up. It's going to be like a, like a Bigfoot reunion here. Um, cause she's been on the show a couple times. She's the person who inspired me to become an endurance athlete, um, and to become an ultra runner. So I'm super stoked for all of that and the whole experience, but there's just a special moment when Travis Steffen crosses the finish line and, and it, it motivates me and inspires me. And so I'm, I'm really looking forward to that moment. So, uh, yeah, guys, it'll be cool. We'll share more of our journey. We'll probably not do a Boonville podcast for a month or so. Um, I don't want to like overwhelm you guys and what I'm training for when there's all these incredible people out there to talk to. So anyways, uh, if you guys like the show, please leave us a review on iTunes. I got a really cool one this week and I would love more. And also just, you know, if you have guests in mind, if you have people in mind, please recommend them. You can shoot me an email like a Bigfoot at Gmail or any of the social media stuff. All right, guys, we'll get back at you next week. See you.